Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite spooky, ooky, trashy podcast, The Haunted Heart. That was good. Thank you. That was only like our fifth try. Uh, you shouldn't tell people that. Fourth try. You, you know, full should... disclosure, transparency is what we look for in podcasting. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Leave in all the bumps, all the ums, all the tongue clicks. Just go for it. Okay. I'll remember that. That would help me out a lot in post. <laughs> no, not for you. <laughs> nope. It doesn't pertain to you. To me? Yeah, because you have to make me like, uh, you know, look good, sound good. I have to sound make you good. sound good. You yeah. have to make me sound, sound good. good and look good. Sometimes. Sometimes, on occasion. <laughs> Sound good. Always. Yes. Anyway, we have a fun episode for you guys today. We um, really do. Yeah. We've been getting, like, real dark with the with the, the Satanist church and scandals yeah. and the dark web and, like... Lots of... Uh, Things about children being yeah, hurt lots for the past of, lots several of, episodes. Right, lots we, of darkness. We felt some sort of way. Right. So I feel like we just, we really needed to like, both of us actually feel like we really needed to take it up to a lighter place. So we're not going to like really get into anything like too, too heavy today. No, so it's going to be. This is a fun episode. It's going to be one of those fun casual episodes right. that you all love. It's a fun ride. Yes, it will be. You assume they love it. You assume. I'm just gonna. <laughs> you I'm hope. just gonna put it out there. I'm just gonna say that they do. Yes. <laughs> believe it. You just believe it to be true so forcefully that you shape reality to your will, and that is chaos magic. Will it into being? Will it into being? Yes. Speaking of willing things into being, we have three new Patreon members that we need to introduce to you yes we do we do brand new inductees beautiful bright shining stars they're they're still wearing their white sacrificial robes at this point absolutely we have not spattered them with blood yet they're walking up the aisle uh while everybody else that has previously joined is like in black hooded they're waiting um and they come up to us. I think it's like we've turned it into a deflowering thing. Mm-hmm. They might be a little uncomfortable with that. But you know what? Just ride it out. Mm-hmm. You'll get to a place of being comfortable. <laughs> or you'll struggle with uh, inner demons. Listen, they came here consensually, so. They did. They did. <laughs> so first up, we have Stephen H. And what is Stephen H.? Stephen H. is a cannibal cult They're member. They're this cannibal cult. Members again. They're hungry. Mm-hmm. And next up is Jessica B from our Stay Spooky Squad. Squad. And lastly, but not leastly, is. Leastly a word? I don't think that's a word, but we'll roll with it. We have Jose R., who is a member of our Haunted Heart Harem. All right, our darklings, your candles are lit. Here they are, a beautiful trio standing guard as we record our episode today. Mm-hmm. And they will burn throughout the entirety of this episode, but always and forever in our dark, dark 
hard. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in joining the Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the haunted heart. And you can join for as little as a dollar a month. Yes. Uh, we have a bunch of different tiers and we have all kinds of bonus material and extra like our side series, Netflix and Kill. We actually do an extra episode every month that is only released to Patreon members. Yes. So all kinds of fun stuff like that. If you love the show, we think you'd love the Patreon. Check it out. Yes, definitely. And I do believe we actually have a listener story. We do. We have an email, y'all. our latest inductee, Jose R. So Jose dropped us a line, and he actually had a story that he wanted to share from his friend Christina. So Jose writes... So my friend Christina, I lived with her when I first moved to San Antonio, and she told me of an incident that happened with her grandmother. So when she moved to San Antonio from Laredo for college, her grandmother lived in her old house with Christine's parents. The grandmother was ill. Her parents' house in Laredo was two stories, and when Christina moved out, her grandma was put in Christine's or Christina's old bedroom downstairs. On a weekend trip, Christina took to Laredo to pay the folks a visit. She told me this crazy shit happened. Since her grandmother was downstairs, she would bunk in her sister's room upstairs. She was asleep and heard the bedroom door open, and then she felt someone sit on her bedside. Thinking it was her sister, she paid no mind until she felt someone trying to get her attention. Then she got mad and swung her arm, thinking it was her sister trying to wake her up, but her arm hit nothing. She was alone in the room. She sat up and started to feel hands on her face. Girl, no. Uh-uh. She sat up and started to feel hands on her face. Of course, she freaked the fuck out and just pulled the covers over and passed out. The next morning, she went downstairs to say good morning to her grandma. She goes in the bedroom and her grandma just stares at her and says... He fueron a ver a noche verdad. Girl, you playing with me. I'm just a green guy. I can't I can't be talking all that. <laughs> but that means they went to go visit you last night? Uh-uh. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. For- he says, I've had scary shit happen to me and so many of my friends, but that one has always stayed with me, thought I would share. Oh, that's creepy. I'm going to tell you what, though. I do appreciate that her initial reaction was to swing and knock the fuck out of her sister. For sure. I mean, well, because, like, that's <laughs> that's how you, like, so clearly know that she thought it was her sister. Because, like, if you have siblings or anybody who frequently on a regular basis annoys you, like, that's how you are, right? right. Like, you think it's your sister just trying to be... right. A bitch. I just, yeah. When actually it's some fucking paranormal activity shit and it's time to get the salt and the sage, baby. For sure. I'm going to tell you what, the the don't touch my face. Like, there Mm. are very few things that I like touching my face. Um, And (laughs) random. The list is short. (laughs) And somehow still long. (laughs) Very true. Um, But ghost hands, not one of them. No, definitely not. Mm -mm. That's a weird one. I I don't read very many things where they, like, touch your face or like stroke your face like fuck that no no girl uh-uh. they trying to they trying to take your face that's the next step <laughs> but no thank you so much for sharing that jose hope everything like you know worked out for christina hope she's still with us hope and she's okay hope her face is still with us and hope she's just doing good yes i hope so too because <laughs> wow <laughs> yes so 
Uh, thank you for that. Again, um, always, 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 we appreciate when people send us listener stories. So if you want to send us something, uh, you can send it over to the Hunt Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think that leads us into what we're talking about today. Right? Yeah, that's all. That's all our housekeeping. So, so we can... all I have to say, what? No, go ahead and say it. No, <laughs> go ahead. You're very determined. No, I just have to say. So, Doctor Katie, mm-hmm. I've got a burning sensation deep down. Mm, that's chlamydia in my loins. <laughs> Definitely chlamydia. Am I going to be okay? Get a cream. Am I going to be okay? Y- you will if you seek medicinal. Uh, help. Well, what 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 would you prescribe me? Probably uh, a good anti- a good strong antibiotic. Uh, also a therapist. Um, probably a self help book just to kind of get it all back on track. You know, um, recenter yourself. Maybe some yoga. You're really taking this in an area that I didn't want you to take it into. You're actually going in the direct opposite or, of where I wanted you to go. Or you could just pour acid on your genitals. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> or you could do cocaine about it. <laughs> do cocaine about it. Do cocaine about it. So I was really excited for this because this is our probably, uh, <laughs> this episode was inspired by a meme. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% inspired by a meme. So, you know what? You can find inspiration in many places when you you are trash. That's what happens when you're desperate. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you are garbage. Garbage. What's that uh, other meme? That vine. That vine. Yeah. Hey, thanks for checking in. I'm still Still a piece piece of of garbage. garbage. Yeah, I wish that I wish that we could find the person who made that so we could like ask if it could like I, be our theme. That song. should just be our intro. <laughs> yeah, right. Like don't talk, just play that and, and then, then just we'll be go. good. Yeah. And then just go. And then you guys and we just won't know. Have to, we won't have to struggle like we do. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, still struggle for sure. Always. Cause then you have to intro that. Because that's the way of life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So episode fifty eight, Ghosts in Your Blood. And that's your with a Y-E-R. Your blood. Just so we're specific. Yes. So the meme, if anybody doesn't know about it, um, the meme is that uh, one that was floating around Facebook that says being an old-timey doctor would rule. Just drunk as hell, like, yeah, you got ghosts in your blood. You should do cocaine about it. I think that is one of the funniest memes. A top-tier meme, definitely. It, it definitely high-quality meme. Um it's amazing. The doctor in that meme, by the way, appears to be on the phone, but it seems like it might be like an old school, like, um, oh, what's it called? Like a stethoscope, but like he's not on a the patient. A stethoscope patients. is not a phone. Right. It looks like it might be an old timey version of a stethoscope, but oh, okay. he's like not anywhere near the patient's heart so or lungs, so I'm not really sure. He's like... He's like on the like love handle. I don't oh, okay. really know what's going on there in that in that photograph. Okay, cool. But <laughs> yeah, so we all know. Um, you know, you always get people who's like, oh, well, it would be great to like. I would do, I would rock like you know this decade. I would rock right. like this you know. And some people who you know talk about like, oh yeah, I just think it'd be so great living in the Victorian area. Who says that? Is that I a think thing? People do. I'm sure they do because oh. they're like, "Oh, I love the aesthetic and the style." I just really love never showing my ankles. <laughs> Some people do that. No, I was watching really? uh, a Facebook video where this man and woman who live strictly in the Victorian era. Oh god! So their home, like, it has electricity, but they don't use it. And then their bulbs, because they're like, "Oh, well, they did have electricity back then," um, but they have like old school 
like dim ass lighting. Yeah, like the old like filaments. Mm-hmm. The old mm-hmm. filament bulbs. So it's shitty and they're blind. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, so people people do they also brush their teeth with cinnamon? Like, is that they might? Do they live that life? They might. Mm. They showed a video of the one guy riding one of those big ass bicycles with a huge fucking wheel, <laughs> just going God. down the road. Damn it! And I she's hate got hipsters. a fucking bicycle with a fucking basket on the front of it. Yeah. Hipsters are taking over this fucking country. It's time to do something, America. Stand up. Not harder, though. (laughs) (laughs) Please, no. The wrong person listening to that (laughs) would be awful. A call to arms. (laughs) Tragic. So I have an article here that I'm kind of going to gloss over. I'm going to pull from a little bit. Uh, And it is from WebMD. Oh, So you know it's real. Okay. And legitimate. This was... uh, Written by a Catherine Cam. Okay. Uh, so we talk about a look back at old-timey medicines, okay? So pity the poor Victorian-era family whose bottle of Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup ran dry. Now, what was in Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup? Because it was probably like fucking marijuana, fucking <laughs> probably, cocaine. It was probably cocaine. Hundred percent. So you Mrs. ain't gonna feel nothing. You gonna be real soothed, <laughs> and then you wake up and you've murdered your entire family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. Um, Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup was touted as an indispensable aid to quiet, bawling babies. <laughs> oh my god! And, and teething tots. You know what? Um, we. You guys know that we come from the South, and um, I'm just going to put it out there that uh, it ain't no shame in putting a little bit of whiskey in baby's bottle. <laughs> just for them, you know. That's what my stay grandmother... Stay quiet nights. <laughs> no, I'm serious. When, when I was sick, uh, my grandmother gave me whiskey and honey. Yeah. Well, what funny that story... Did? I don't know. No, when I, when I was in college, I had um, walking pneumonia. And is that the same as sleeping pneumonia? No. Okay. Um, it's just more active. Um, no, <laughs> it's it's a little bit different, but it was still really, really, really bad. And my lungs were super congested and I had all these antibiotics and stuff to take. And I think I took like fucking like, I don't know, I, I had a steroid and an antibiotic. And I think I went through two different um, prescriptions mm-hmm. and it just wasn't helping and nothing would give me any kind of relief until I started doing like... Mrs. Um, Winslow's soothing yeah, syrup. No, <laughs> like a shot of whiskey with a little honey in it. Uh huh. And then I would do that every like four hours, I think, or three hours, with a hot compress on my back, and that like made it so that I could fucking breathe. And obviously, that's not going to cure fucking pneumonia. Like, I'm not one of these like super crazy militant holistic healers who's going to tell you that you can just like put a crystal in your water bottle and cure yourself of cancer. But it did help. So there, I mean, there is something to some of the things that were like old timey cures, sometimes things work for a reason, but other times people just fucking put cocaine in you. Right. Other and times make you they, feel great. Other times they just masked the problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, so they, Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup uh, uh, had morphine in it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be really soothed. You, <laughs> no wonder you drink the enough fucking... of it, you're gonna be so soothed your fucking heart just stops beating. That's why your babies were stopped bawling. <laughs> no bawling babies for you because mm. they're dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> so obviously today, no one would dream of calming an infant with morphine. Um, but the Museum of Medicine is... Certainly li- wouldn't talk about it if they did. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the Museum of Medicine is littered with such discarded remedies. Remedies? Remedies? King Ramses? <laughs> I need some morphine. Uh. <laughs> um, some were fanciful potions that quacks concocted to make a buck, because that's mostly what a lot of these were. Mm-hmm. While others were legitimate and even revered. Uh, treatments that eventually yielded to more enlightened science. So, for example, we had opium, which has a very tainted repu- uh, reputation these days. But we know that it was a favorite for doctors throughout history. Especially to control coughing. Hmm. And diarrhea. <laughs> It was regarded, uh, opium was regarded as an all-purpose drug. One physician called it God's own medicine. (laughs) And that man was addicted to opium. Uh, In fact. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say he was. Um, They also used uh, arsenic and mercury to treat syphilis before the introduction of penicillin in the 1940s. Uh, And one company even sold heroin tablets to relieve asthma symptoms <laughs> do heroin about it just do heroin about it. again uh much like morphine heroin being a downer it's gonna chill you out to the point that you don't really give a fuck if you can breathe or not and right. then you stop breathing mm-hmm. so you eventually had cures uh speaking of cocaine for your toothaches they came on the market pretty soon um after doctors discovered its pain relieving qualities yeah <laughs> I bet it does. Hmm. Um, one Belgian company even promoted cocaine throat lozenges as, quote, indispensable for singers, teachers, and orators. <laughs> I love the very specific groups that we're marketing to there. Teachers, singers, orators. Is that how you say that? Orators? Orators? orators. No, I think it's orators. Okay. Technically, uh, fun fact, we're orators. Being that we speak weekly for you on this podcast. Oh, so that's like old school podcast. Yeah. So like podcast, that is like old school podcaster would be an orator. So like technically we orate weekly. So we can get cocaine So currently they're enjoying our oration skills. As many do. And yes, um, if you want to sponsor us with some cocaine drops, that'd be great. Just no. kidding. We discourage drug use on this show. I swear, please, if we if we go to our P.O. Box... Next week, and there's cocaine. I will tablets. absolutely fucking hand it immediately to the police. I cannot handle that. I am a goody fucking two shoes in my life. I will immediately take it to the cops, and I'm really sorry. I'll be really happy that you sent us something to our PO box, but try to keep it like legal stuff or like mostly legal. Yeah, I, I believe if I saw it, I would probably just like I'd give it to a homeless. Maybe here, <laughs> would you like this? A homeless. <laughs> Oh, my God. I wouldn't keep it. That's for sure. I'd either toss it or give it to the next person. Um, Just pass it yeah. along. Here you go. Yeah. Technically, does that mean you're distributing, though? Possibly. Mm. Immediately to the police. See? I don't fuck around. I'll toss it. <laughs> All right. So, while doctors of the late 1800s considered these drugs legitimate, a whole range of shady patent medicines, sometimes called nostrums, also flourished during this period. Now, I have to say, I do enjoy the word nostrum. Is it nostrum or nostrum? I have always said nostrum, but I am a hick with no fucking raising. So, I'm not nostrum. sure. 
Whatever. Nostrum makes me sound like I'm trying to say Nordstrom's. No. Nostrum. Nostrum's. Nostrum's. Whatever. I'm going to say Nostrum's. I think it's Nostrum's. So, people but bought- that also makes me think of nostrils. Sorry, I'm having a hard time letting it go. Okay. Continue with your with your piece. So, with my piece. <laughs> with your Continue with your oration. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me just get my cocaine. Um, okay. People bought these nostrums from traveling medicine shows, and the cures beckoned boldly from billboards and newspaper and magazine ads, and you really could not get away from them. They were inescapable. So just imagine being in New York City and you've just got, like, fucking ads everywhere for fucking cocaine and heroin. Much different, but somehow not well, from what we see today. True. Uh, which is just modeled on cocaine and heroin. <laughs> yes. Uh, and cocaine is just Coca-Cola. Yeah. Well, no, didn't they used to put yeah. cocaine in mm-hmm. Coca-Cola? Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be an ingredient yeah. up until, like, the 19-somethings, right? Something. I didn't research that, but yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's so weird. Unless me. that's a crazy like Mandela thing that everybody thinks, then we're not getting into that. No, <laughs> we're not. We're, we're, not, not, doing that, we're not going down that rabbit hole. We're not, we're not doing that, Kenny. I orated it, and thus it is true. Okay. Twitter will tell us. A lot of nostrums targeted uh, female complaints, vague female complaints, according to this oh, article. Oh, like hysteria, <laughs> quote unquote, female hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a thing. Or. Um, menstrual cramps or hot flashes you know they weren't really the the ladies of the time weren't really vocal about you know experiencing such things Um, but they were lining up to buy Lydia E. Pinkham's vegetable compound which is one of the most popular women's remedies of the time a vegetable compound don't know what that means is that like a salad like what the fuck (laughs) kind of what I don't know I don't know it sounds like a soap how is it administered? Is it I, like a weird paste that you like just paste down there? Or is it like, do you consume I it? I imagine it's like a paste or a soap or something because I don't know. I'm just imagining them just like packing your vagina with like fucking cucumbers and shit. <laughs> it's not good. A vegetable compound. No. <laughs> it's actually like the slop from the fucking feeds at the farm and oh, it's God. just like corn and like, like leftover soaked corn barley. and muck That's and barley's shit. not a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was enough of that. Yeah. Uh-uh. So plenty of other patent medicines <laughs> flooded the American landscape, according to a history posted on the website of the FDA. They included fat off obesity cream. Bitch, where? <laughs> where can I Where get is it at? <laughs> <laughs> where is this fat off obesity cream? Because, bitch, I'll be first in line. <laughs> um, oh, there were also uh, make man tablets. Make man? Make dash man Oh, tablets. was that like for impotency or whatever? I'm not sure. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, not quite sure. And there was also an anti-morbific liver and kidney medicine. That was a word. Anti-morbific. Don't know what that means. Anti, anti-death? Anti-morbid, anti- yeah. Prevent your liver yes. and kidney from dying. Yes. Cool. Sounds, sounds good um, to me. And it was also touted for, quote, weak hearts, <laughs> weak, weak blood, weak nerves. Okay, so just weakness. Yeah. Okay. That was a thing back then because they didn't really know what it was, so you just had a weak heart. 
Your blood was weak. You are weak. I think that's actually still like the Go Army commercials like of today. <laughs> like I think that they probably took that refrain. I think. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Um, and you also had a Dr. Bonkers Egyptian oil. Oh, okay. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not going to take anything prescribed from a Dr. Bonkers. He sounds like he like Patch Adams, but like if Patch Adams was actually a fucking terrifying ass clown. Uh-huh. Like I'm seeing mm-hmm. Pogo the Clown in a fucking doctor's coat. Oh, totally. Coming in to administer Egyptian oil um, and fucking strangling you. What is Egyptian oil? It's probably his semen. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. It's probably semen. That's more than likely what it was. What it was. And 100%. He, well, you took Egyptian oil to uh, help cure your colic, mm-hmm. uh, cramps in the stomach and bowels, and cholera. Mm-hmm. So that's what that was. Okay, good. Um, another classic that some people might have heard of was uh, Mac Mahon, the Rattlesnake Oil King's Liniment for Rheumatism and Qatar. Yes, I was actually going to talk about this, that snake oil was actually like a real thing. Because yeah. we hear about like the snake oil salesman being somebody who's like slippery and out to trick you. But like actually it's a it's a real thing snake mm-hmm. oil was a thing yeah they used uh to they used that to cure um congestion mostly from the common cough or cold yes so some patent medicine simply took a scattershot approach in 1862 uh there was a mixer's cancer and scrofula syrup claimed to treat cancer tumors abscesses, ulcers, fever, sores, goiter, catarrh, salt, rheum, scald head, piles, rheumatism, and all, quote, all blood diseases. Scald head. Yes. Now, what are we talking about there? <laughs> so Is I that being that. bald? No. no Is I that looked, baldness? No, I looked at it's that. It's either baldness or it's venereal disease. S- Which scald. head are we talking about? Scald head. So I looked at that because I was like, what the fuck is scald head? <laughs> um, apparently it's a disease. It's kind of like, um, almost like uh, where you lose your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the, I can't think of the term. Um, alopecia. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like alopecia, um, except it's like, you've got like scabs and stuff and, oh, and your okay. hair is kind of falling out. Oh, so okay. kind of like, almost exactly how it sounds. Like your head looks burnt. And like, like scalded. Yeah. yeah, like scalded. But very... Um, not pretty. Traumatizing. Not pretty. Um, you also had uh, different drugs, uh, which was called food, which they called food of the brain, um, which was supposedly a safe cure for headaches and nervousness and insomnia and all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, you had elixirs and pills uh, that everybody, like, under the like, you had... These elixirs, these pills, these nostrums for literally almost everything under the sun. Um, they also invented uh, a dizzying ra- array of devices such as electric insoles and magic shoes to cure sore feet and crippling conditions. And there was also, in the 1800s, a health-jolting chair. And it resembled a garden variety armchair, but it was rigged with springs and levers. Its advertising promised that the chair would give, quote, efficient exercise to the essentially important nutritive organs of the body. 
Oh, it's kind of like um, like that. Oh, what is that machine called that you would stand in front of it and you put the strap like around your waist and then it would it like jiggles. shake, right? And it's supposed to like tone your your stomach and yeah. your midsection, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't fucking work at all. Exactly. And instead, you just starve yes. yourself. That's exactly uh, what this was for. Okay. So according oh. to the manufacturer, all that jiggling and jolting. <laughs> jiggling. I mean, there's going to be a lot of jiggling with us. Honey. Woo. That's maximum jiggle. It was essential for, quote, millions of human beings who may be living sedentary lives through choice or necessity. Through choice. Through choice. Same. <laughs> Feel it. Same. Understand. Same. Uh, the chair was uh, for certain classes of invalids a, quote, Veritable treasure trove. So, sounds like a good time. It does. It sounds like magic fingers, but for a chair. Yeah. Which I'm curious to know about. Mm-hmm. If you so, have one, email thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com and uh, maybe I'll uh, try it out. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So, now we're coming to, it's kind of like the end of an era. So, the golden age of patent medicines ended in the early 1900s, um, quoted from the FDA website, when muckraking journalists wrote uh, exposés and the federal government cracked down with new legislation to prohibit adulteration or misbranding of foods and drugs, as well as false advertising. Also, as the state of legitimate medicine evolved, new cures replaced the old. So when doctors began treating syphilis with penicillin, a grateful generation was spared the toxic effects of arsenic and mercury, including inflammation of the gums, destruction of the teeth and jaws, and organ damage. Opium and other addictive drugs also fell by the wayside. Once scientists realized their pitfalls, and Novocaine replaced its predecessor, cocaine, as an anesthetic. Okay. I like that Green Day song. Give me Novocaine. That's one of my favorite songs. That album is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, American Idiot, it's been sort of, uh, I guess, eclipsed is the word that I'm trying to find by the fucking stupid musical that they did. I'm sorry if you like that musical. I I'm just a it. huge. I I'm a huge Green Day fan, and I cannot do like the Broadway sound on Green Day songs. I just can't. I'm just. I'm too. I'm too angsty. Yeah. I'm too angsty teen. Yeah. Um. But that uh, the American Idiot album is so fucking good. Oh, totally. It's amazing. And then Twenty One Guns happened. <laughs> yeah, I like that song, Twenty One Guns. But whatever. no, that album though, it was like that album was so disappointing. Anyway, it's fine. It's We're gonna a, move it's, on. Katie. It's an old wound. We're we'll gonna just move on. Put some salve on it. Put some snake oil on it. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> So, no doubt, more medical advances on the horizon will make some of today's medicines outdated. So, perhaps it's uh, wise to avoid smugness. Because they were just trying to figure shit out Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. Like, we look at it today as, like, what the fuck were you doing? But, I mean, like, if you look at it, like, there are people in the future that might look back at us and, like, you did chemotherapy. You you shot people up with chemo for cancer. Like, what? Like, once we finally have the amazing, like, Star Trek cures... (laughs) <laughs> we'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. There's actually a moment like that in one of the Star Trek movies where uh, the doctor, who obviously this is way in the future, is like shocked. They travel back in time and the doctor's like shocked that we actually cut people open to do surgery. He's like, barbarians. <laughs> but that's true, though. I mean, yeah. who knows what, you know, that will look like. I mean, because yeah. we do all sorts of crazy shit with chemo, um, Botox, all of that stuff. So, right. 
Okay. I mean, who's to judge, right? Who's to judge? What crazy shit we're doing right now? Uh, I'm just going to really quickly say diet pills. <laughs> true. <Moving on. laughs> true. No, yeah. very true. No, very dangerous. Um, cool. So that's like a very brief overall like history of like medicine. I don't claim to be a doctor. Um, no, neither. Definitely. We are definitely not doctors of any kind. No. So... Uh, I don't know, like, I, you know, don't really have too much of an opinion on this. I just know that cocaine and heroin and mercury are bad to ingest. Yes. So, <laughs> Maybe probably don't. shouldn't do that. Maybe don't. Yes. Well, I'm always, so I'm always a proponent of trying to do as much as you can with lifestyle changes and shit like that before you start going on medicine just in general. And that's not what this episode's about. But I just think that, like... I'm not the person who's like, holistic healing will help you with everything. Just put this like fucking, like I said earlier, just put this fucking crystal in your water and then you'll be totally fine. Can I just say when you said that, I thought you were going to say put the crystal in your vagina. No, that's a thing. Yanni eggs. That's a thing. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's a thing. Okay. Um, Don't do it with porous things. Like the fucking shit that Gwyneth Paltrow is selling on her site, Goop. Like don't fucking do that. Okay. Because... Uh, bodily fluids soak into porous things. You need yeah. to use a metal, okay, or something with a with a real strong coating. Um, but actually, that is helpful because it helps the muscles of your uh, it helps your pelvic floor be stronger. Um, so you don't have a weak pelvic floor. Yes. Okay. You don't want a weak pelvic floor. Okay. That's what's keeping everything in. Right. Um. So, <laughs> but I will say that I do think that it. And especially in this country, I don't know how it is for our listeners abroad, but I know that our doctors really tend to rely on medicine. And mm -hmm. I know I was listening to a podcast the other day um, where they were talking about they were specifically talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. But they were saying that, like, out of so many there was a study that was done and out of however, I don't know how many pa patients they studied, um, but the average time that someone spent talking to a mental health professional, a doctor, um, before they were prescribed medicine was like eight minutes, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Like that is ridiculous because there are a lot of things that can be solved with more activity, not maybe not solved, but helped with more activity, with, you know, better diet, with increased engagement and all, all those sorts of things. And I don't think that we shouldn't just necessarily jump to whatever medicine is out there to fix it mm -hmm. immediately. Because as we, we've seen with some of those treatments, um, you know, you find out that maybe that wasn't really medicine after all. Maybe it was fucking meth. <laughs> right. I think there's a healthy balance. All there right. Is. So like, obviously, healthier lifestyles, like what doctor isn't going to tell you to like, you know, you need to exercise, right. you know, right. you need to eat, you know healthy right whatever i mean and it's i mean that's just fact that's just very like right basic health 101 when you've got your fucking book in 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 elementary school and it's got the little cartoon kids right. on it and you know it's got like eat your vegetables mm -hmm. that sort of thing we but all it's get it so critically important and i think its importance is underplayed sometimes right. but that's not to say that like if you need medicine, take, Get, baby, take, take your, your fucking, fucking medicine. medicine. Right, 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 right. And it's not to say that you won't ever be in a situation when you do need medicine. Like, fucking take antibiotics. You need them. 
right. to get better when you are sick. Take but, fucking steroids to get better when you are sick if you need them and are prescribed them by a doctor. Take your fucking depression pills. Take and, and don't let anybody make you feel bad about it. Right. But also engage in other ways. There's so many avenues to good health that like that's not the only path. Maybe that's one among many. Yeah. I mean, you, know? you should have a doctor that is willing to talk with you and work with you and explore options that work for you and your life. Exactly. And that's our <laughs> and that's our official stance on health. Episode PSA. <laughs> and that's our stance on health. And that was Health Class Corner. And healthcare should be affordable for all. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, <laughs> you shouldn't have to die on the streets of pneumonia. Moving on. Did you know... That, um, so we talked a little bit about cocaine. We talked a little bit about snake oil. <laughs> Transition didn't work for you? Oh, no, it worked, honey. <laughs> I just love that. So we talked a little bit about cocaine. <laughs> it was almost like the PBS, like, like summary at the end of, like, Barney or Sesame Street like or whatever reading, the lesson was like today. Reading Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look. It's in a bump. It's cocaine. <laughs> I don't think we can. I don't think we can air that. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can do whatever the fuck we want because yes. we are what? Not syndicated. <laughs> so we talked about some substances that were um, used as medicine in the not so far future. Um, but I did want to kind of go over some of the more unusual procedures that physicians and surgeons would perform. Ooh. Yes. Um, so first off, we have hemiglycectomies. So let's, all right, let's pause. Yeah. Hemiglycectomies. 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 Yes. Hemi. Yes. I, I don't know how to break down this Right. Word. Interestingly. <laughs> ectomy um, means, I do know ectomy means from the one semester of medical terminology that I took 10 years ago, uh, means to remove. Yes. And apparently gloss is Remove tongue. your gloss? Oh. Tongue. So basically this involves cutting off a part of the tongue. Oh. And this is exactly what some 18th century physicians did in order to... Any ideas? Um... To cure a bitch that lies too damn much. <laughs> no. You got a lying ass bitch, cut her tongue out. <clears throat> to stop patients from stuttering. <laughs> yes. So if you I, had to stop you from stuttering, all right. If you had a stutter, you could be taken into the physician yeah. and they would just cut part of your fucking tongue off. You're not going to stutter at all. You're not going to fucking talk at all after that either. No. Probably not At least probably not, not well. No. God. Not a I lot. believe I'll just stick with the fucking stutter. Yeah. For real. Um, so another interesting thing also to do with the mouth region. In ancient Egypt, they had a really interesting way of dealing with toothaches. They would grind up a rat. Oh! Mix it with a, other, a few other ingredients and spread it on your teeth like toothpaste. Ooh. To oh my God. Just make it feel all better. Baby, I don't think that's how that works. Here's the thing I'm not so sure that it cured the toothache, but I'm definitely sure that it cured the patient of ever going back to the fucking ancient Egyptian dentist. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking ancient dentist is like, well, he had any returned customers. 
we'll just pull this shit. He's like, I'm curing everybody. Nobody's coming back for a second visit to me. <laughs> I have cured everyone with my fucking rat paste. Horrifying. Could you imagine? Like, that is disgusting. Like, what do you... How do you not vomit is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I mean, I think there was probably plenty of vomiting involved. Well, that's just the, that's just the pain leaving the body. That's just the toxic leaving the body. Speaking of pain and of things leaving the body, if we take a trip down south, if anybody struggles with hemorrhoids, oh. there's a quick and easy treatment that I can offer you. Girl, don't. It's I'm a- going to say it's not a hemorrhoid cream. No, it is not, uh, it is not, what do they call it? Preparation H. Yeah, it's not prep H. It's just, all you gotta do is just heat up a hot iron and shove it up your asshole. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I'm all for a hot rod up the ass, okay? But. <laughs> not, literally not literally from the blacksmith shop. No, no. Yeah. No, girl, yeah. just deal with the fucking hemorrhoid. I'd rather fucking not sit down. <laughs> just not just, sit down ever. They come to the doctor and you just see them heating up the fucking fucking uh, rod and it's just like red with fucking heat. And they're like, okay, bend over, sir. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, you know what? Now, you know what? I just, I'm just going. <clears throat> you know, it just, just popped right pop back it. up inside. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> pop right back on up in there. I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, the doctor's standing there with the fucking rod. And he's like, well, sit down then. Uh, and then you just like slowly Have sit the most down. uncomfortable sit ever. <laughs> Everything's fine. There's a fucking tear. <laughs> Silent tear. I mean, I guess it would cure it, bitch, because it would burn your fucking hole out. It would just straight <laughs> cauterize You wouldn't yourself. shit again. You would. <laughs> When, what would happen? I just don't understand. What what what's the thought process behind that? I guess it's like the thought process of like cauterization. Like with a wound, you just you cauterize don't want to it. Cauterize your fucking butthole. I know. Up, I know. I know. Flexibility is important there in that region of the body for all reasons for everyone. I think. Don't you just fucking cut it? Yeah. Don't yeah. <laughs> you just fucking cut it, stitch it up? Yeah. That's that's what's done nowadays. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, but it's fine because they would um, prepare you for the hot rod up the ass. Please tell me there with was there lube. Some of your uh, your fucking like snake oil. No, not snake oil. The stuff, the syrup, the morphine syrup. The morphine syrup. What was it, Mrs. Whatever? Mrs. Something's cure all for everything. That. So they give you a nice big dose of that. Uh huh. And then you you wouldn't feel anything. You'd be like, this is great. I thought you were telling me they were going to also take the fucking rat paste. Rat paste as a lube. And put it in there as a fucking lube. A lot. Maybe. Uh, if they'd known about that, You just reach into perhaps. a fucking bowl of rats and just fucking break the head off one and <laughs> shove it up the ass Basically. first. <laughs> uh, oh. yeah. That's how we cure colon cancer. So... Um, while we're talking about disgusting fucking things, and we probably should have given a trigger warning, um, uh, but this is just gross middle school shit. Um, throughout history, people have believed in the curative powers of urine as now, well. So well, this means drinking your own urine, drinking someone else's urine, rubbing urine on your teeth, massaging urine on your gums, and the list goes on and on and on. And wasn't there a lady on My Strange Addiction who was, like, addicted to drinking her piss I and had been doing that shit for, like, seven years? I don't know. Um, that, I don't no, know. No, she was definitely, she was, she was a lady. She was on there. Well, there's a, um, 
there's a myth that goes around that your urine is sterile. And it's, it's not. not. It's a it's fucking not. waste product. <laughs> it's not. Um, but that still doesn't stop people from uh, water sports. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, whatever whatever floats your boat. Um, no judgment here. But uh, I just don't think that <laughs> rubbing it on your gum. What was that? It was like for toothaches? I don't gum know. Gum disease? I don't know. It was just supposed disease. to be good for you. Whatever, whatever ails you. No, um, but you do see, uh, what's his name? The guy who, the survivalist who drinks his own urine to survive? I mean, I think that's like, if you're in a situation where you have to keep, Bear Grylls is who you're talking about? Maybe. Where you have to fucking stay alive? Yeah. Sure, okay, drink your own fucking urine. You have to stay, you have to live, baby. Like, like the most important thing is you live. But if you're over here, that episode of My Strange Addiction, I'm sure somebody remembers it because, like, she was so gross. Um, She had had, it was kind of sad because she had had cancer, and then she got treatment for it, mm-hmm. but she was so scared of it coming back. So, like, she would drink her own urine to prevent cancer from coming back what? because she heard that, like, in ancient Egypt, that's how they would prevent cancer or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Doubtful. Uh, I'm going to say no. But I just remember that, like, you know how they, at the end of that show, they, like, give you an update on them that's like, oh, you know, this person quit eating drywall and they're living <laughs> a great life. Or, you know, this person decided to not like chronically masturbate every second of every day in public. Like, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember that her update was like, nope, she went back to drinking piss. <laughs> and that's where we are. And that was the end of the episode, and it was really triggering. You know what? You know what, though? She probably has, I mean, hey, there's something for everyone. So I'm pretty sure she probably, she's got a kink following. Maybe. Maybe. So changing gears a little bit, coming back up north, if you will. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk to the nipples. Yeah. Uh, no, actually to the head. Okay. The old cranium. Yes. So now we're going to talk about mental health, which of course is a, Oh, I'm sure they got this one, right? Wonderful topic. (laughs) It's well known how great the sanatoriums of the 1800s and early to mid 1900s were for those of us who struggled with mental diseases and disorders. Mental diseases like being a woman. Yeah, um, like just being female. Being I have a man. whole separate section on that. <laughs> Any number being of things. everything we are yeah. together being collectively here are. on this show. Um, enjoying your your power, your sex, like all of that. We definitely would have. Um, this podcast would have landed us in a sanatorium. Well, hey, that's how we know we're doing it right. Yes, and in that sanatorium, they may have performed a procedure called trepanation. Wait, may? Maybe or probably. Probably. Most likely. Most likely. Okay. So trepanation, actually for us, most definitely. Trepanation was a surgical invention in which a hole was drilled into the patient's skull in order to release evil spirits. So like a lobotomy? No, not a lobotomy. A lobotomy has to deal with soft tissue. Oh. Lobotomy was where they would go up your nose and um, they would locate a region of your brain that held uh, that dealt with like impulse and personality, mm-hmm. and they would just take like basically what looked like a chisel, and they just go, and they would take out, they would damage oh, that I section I of your brain. I read that because it was either up your nose or through the corner of your fucking eye. Yeah, yeah, <gasps> it was very scary. But that was damaging the the gray matter of your brain. Yeah. Um, to alter your personality and make you a fucking zombie person. But don't they? Is, they kind of still do lobotomies, don't they? No, 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 I I don't think that there's been a a lobotomy performed in many years. I could be Uh, wrong. Twitter, let me know. (laughs) Uh, 
lobotomy <laughs> expert on Twitter. Because <laughs> they will let you know. Actually, yeah. No, I don't At think the haunted that... heart. Actually, as a lobotomist. <laughs> <laughs> I think phlebotomists are things. They mess Phlebotomist the is the blood, yeah. But uh, lobotomists, I don't, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Um, because it was fucking terrifying. But they still can do it chemically. And do do it chemically. <laughs> so, yeah, that reminds me of the... Um, uh, the movie, the love, the the loved one, loved ones. I reviewed it in our first episode, but where they yeah. drill, she drills the hole. She drills a hole right into the fucking middle of his head, mm-hmm. and then they pour like a fucking mixture of like Windex and like yes. chemicals yeah. into the fucking brain. It just fries your fucking brain. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer did that as well when he was trying to create his love zombies. And oh, then, then yeah, he would bring right. back. Yeah, he that's would drill right. into the skull and the, the top of the skull, and then he would pour in a mixture of all kinds of horrible things. Fuck. Um, that, that terrifies me. Yeah. So anyway, so, this so you trepanation. May be, you may be thinking that that hole is really small, mm-hmm. right? Um, because we do... So there is a procedure in modern medicine called a craniotomy. And that's when there's like blood buildup um, around or in your brain. And you use it to release the blood. Yeah, you use it to yeah. release the pressure because if your brain is under so much pressure, it'll just like... Yeah. Whatever that is. <laughs> us as doctors trying to tell us, so we're going to have to drill this hole in your head to release the blood, because if not, then your brain's going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. And that is why we were probably Are you performing the surgery? <laughs> will, it, will it be you? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I listened to a podcast episode just before. It's going to be fine. So here's the hole. Oh, my. And we'll post this picture for you guys. Uh, but Well, that hole's it big is enough a, to fuck. It's a gigantic. <laughs> no, you can't say that. That's something that a serial killer would say. Um, it's, it's definitely the size of, like, your fucking, like, eye cavity. Yeah. Like, it is far too large a hole. I think the evil if spirits could just, probably squeeze out a crack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're just trying to let a couple out, I don't think we need to do it for, like, the wide load evil spirits. They'll squeeze through. I feel through. like this is, like, definite fart joke material here. <laughs> Maybe. Somewhere evil in there. Evil spirits out of a crack, wide load. Somewhere <laughs> in there. fucking go. I'm just laying that ground. Um, no, I watched a, uh, a short horror story one time about, a, about this procedure where mm. you think it's the doctor who's like the evil one because he's got this like little girl um, and he's like performing this like nasty fucking experiment on her or what you think is and he like fucking cracks open her skull but then there's actually a fucking demon inside of her that comes out so he was actually helping her but then Mm. it was the demon inside the girl it was a little twist ending it was really good I don't know nothing else about it but I'm familiar with if you can find it maybe you should post it post it on Patreon or something I'm familiar with Trep Trepanation. Trepanation. Good. Cool. Good job, Dr. Kenny. <laughs> uh, and of course, we all know and have heard about probably um, shock therapy. Now, see, this is a favorite. I feel like I would probably enjoy this. So shock therapy um, was used to, quote unquote, cure a variety of mental health disorders. Um, and... It that I mean it was used to cure everything from schizophrenia to bipolar to depression to anxiety before they really had a word for anxiety, all kinds of things. But I actually found out about one use of shock therapy that I didn't know about prior to researching for this episode. Mm-hmm. Impotence. Oh, interesting. 
Apparently, uh, in the past, medical companies advertised shock belts that would deliver a bolt of electricity to your genitals in order to decrease impotence. Wow. Okay. Doesn't sound entirely, like, not pleasurable, but somehow I'm feeling like it would probably be too too much. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think it probably would be... I don't know. Would I try it if offered the the opportunity? Probably. <laughs> Listen, I'm not wholly against shock therapy. Um, <laughs> just depends on the amount of volts. Like I could see it being like kind of fun. Oh, I mean, if if we get into like vibrators and stuff, then some of us perform shock therapy quite frequently. <laughs> we shock people every week. Yeah. With this bullshit. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, that kind of transitions into my next sort of um, topic that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. uh, through by way of the genitals. <laughs> <laughs> and that is female hysteria. Oh, this is a fun one. Yes. So, female hysteria is one of my favorite topics to read about. Um there's a really good book by Rachel Maines called The Technology of Orgasm, Hysteria, The Vibrator, and Women's Satisfaction. There's also a really good like stage play called In the Next Room or The Vibrator Play by Sarah Rule. Um, you can check that one out if you're interested in it, but you don't do all the like medical mumbo-jumbo long, long version reading. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like a script that's a lot easier to get through. Uh, but it's a really, really fascinating sort of medical diagnosis because it basically referred to any and every time a woman said something that a man didn't enjoy. Oh, shit. <laughs> or was acting bitchy or was acting like they had their own fucking free will or that they were a fucking human being. You know, all those pesky, pesky problems with women when they get too big for their britches, as they say where, they're, where I'm from. Oh, uh, women couldn't wear britches. <laughs> True. They wore breeches with two E's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, female hysteria was a diagnosis that was basically given to any time a woman was doing something that was not, quote unquote, societally acceptable. Now, how do you know what's societally acceptable? Who Ask fucking a man. knows? Ask yes. a man. Yeah. Basically that. But the treatment for female hysteria was very interesting. So, um, there was, and this has been studied for like a really, really long time. It goes all the way back to 500 BC with Hippocrates, um, who suggested that a variety of ailments seem to affect females instead of males, and that perhaps those ailments could be traced back to the womb because that was the inherently female body part. So, uh, Hippocrates actually believed that the womb was a free floating, wandering animal. <laughs> And that when it moved into an unexpected place or got too close to another organ, problems would arise. So the word hysteria actually stems from the Greek word for uterus, which is hystera. Yeah? Yes. So a couple hundred years later, then we have this Roman physician whose name was Galen. And he theorized that hysteria, this movement of the womb, like it's a fucking like gerbil crawling around fucking, inside us this fucking um uh chest burster inside yes. fucking women which honestly for me that's a positive affirmation for my uterus i'm kind of into that image 
of my uterus as this beastly creature that just fucking, yeah, absolutely. I'm into it. So Galen theorized that this movement of the womb was caused by sexual deprivation. Women who were married had an easy fix for this, simply enlist their husbands to help them out. However, for unmarried women and widows and those who were devoted to the church, things weren't so easy. So Galen proposed the groundbreaking idea of pelvic massage. And supposedly this massage brought the intended cure a, quote, hysterical paroxysm. Ooh, hysterical paroxysm. You might be more familiar with what we call it today, an orgasm, oh, girl. That O. It gave him a big O. Next time I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so close to hysterical paroxysm. <laughs> Could you imagine hearing that in a fucking modern day what? porn? <laughs> I'm going to give you a hysterical paroxysm. (laughs) Katie's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Sounds good. Sign (laughs) me up. (laughs) So in his notes, Galen wrote a detailed description of his technique and its desired (laughs) results. (laughs) Quote, Following the remedies and arising from the touch of the genital organs required by the treatment, there followed twitchings accompanied at the same time by pain and pleasure, after which she emitted turbid and abundant sperm. From that time on, she was free of all the evil she felt. End quote. Sounds like a good time to me. I mean, come on. (laughs) From that time on, she was free of that evil. (laughs) Yes. Girl, until don't I understand? It, until it built back up. See, that's the thing. That's the reason why Katie could never be in a fucking asylum in, in this time period. Because she just keep coming back. I would need all kinds of treatment, Doc. Doctor, the evil is back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the evil is back. The evil is here. I'm over here like <laughs> fucking Donald Pleasance. Fucking Donald Pleasance in Halloween. The evil is here. Hundred percent. Except me with like crazed hair and like fucking bags under my eyes. Yeah, because like, you wouldn't uh, have any fucking access to like you know filters. bathing or like <laughs> yeah or filters. Yeah, but I'm just gonna say bathing um, or anything, and you're just gonna yeah. It's a lot less sexy than you think when we get into the details. So we just we're just gonna yeah. leave it at yeah. just gonna leave it at that. Um, so. Galen's technique actually became medical canon. So from then on, medical professionals would cite his technique. Of course they did, because they were fucking male doctors. Right. Fucking, of course they did. Of course they did. (laughs) So they cited Galen and used his technique without much change for hundreds of years. Of course. And if you know a man, (laughs) you understand that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the Romans. Galen was the Romans, right? Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every century leading up to the hysteria boom of the 1800s, manual sexual relief of women was mentioned in medical journals and home health guides as the diagnosis of hysteria became more widespread. Listen, sometimes you just need to get fucked. Yes. <laughs> but that goes for everybody. Right. <laughs> right. So, in 1660, the term orgasm was first coined by Dr. Nathaniel Highmore. And the term was used to describe the end result of a pelvic massage. So we we transferred away from, uh, what was it, hysterical paroxysm mm-hmm. into orgasm in 1660. I kind of like hysterical paroxysm. 
Yeah, it has more more color to mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds more like, ooh, I want to experience that. <laughs> Hysterical paroxysm, colon. I want to experience that on like a fucking travel poster <laughs> of like a valley, like a just really deep valley with one little road going through it. <laughs> Amazing. So Dr. Highmore, uh, the man who termed um, the term, coined the term orgasm. He, Did he also coin the term hymen? Like No. Okay. His name is spelled Highmore. I know, but like. No, but it's H-I-G-H. Oh. Yeah, not H-I-G-H. I was hoping there was a relationship. Missed opportunity. There. No. Um, but he was a really smart man, and he pointed out that achieving the desired end result of orgasm was no easy task. And he equated it to, quote, that game of boys in which they try to rub their stomachs with one hand and pat their heads with the other. <laughs> That's what he equated, try to get a, give a woman um, an orgasm? Yes. And it's a fitting yeah. comparison. <laughs> it's very tricky. See, you're fucking it up already. It's out. I don't know. I don't know. We can see. So by the 1800s, hysteria was widely accepted as the most common disease amongst women and one that doctors found themselves treating with increasing frequency. In Mm -hmm. fact, a French physician named Pierre Briquet made the bold claim that at least a quarter of all women in the Victorian era suffered from hysteroneurasthenic disorders. Mm -hmm. So, if all these women are being diagnosed with hysteria, which we know is kind of bullshit, but all these women are being diagnosed with hysteria and they're running to their doctors because, trust me, girl, I mean, if the gyno doctor had anything good in store for me, I would be in there, like... On the monthly, like, you know what I mean? But it's nothing but pain yeah. here because uh, we haven't fucking moved forward in women's health care in a long ass time. So it's nothing but pain in that office today. But if it was a place like an orgasm clinic, 100% would be rolling through the door. So these doctors, they're getting tired because okay. it takes a lot, right? Like, as our boy Highmore said, it's really complicated. So, of course, women's health care and women's services only progress when, you know, men are irritated, tired, or bored. Right. So, we start looking for automate an automation of ah. the technique, right? Uh-huh. So, doctors are getting tired of this old method prescribed by Galen and... They were supposedly paroxing so many women that their fingers began to cramp and they started to look for alternative methods. So the first method was hydrotherapy. Oh. Women would sit in a specially designed chair and have a powerful jet of water directed at their pelvic region. Oh. And one doctor claimed that there was no better way to administer a paroxysm and that the effects were impossible to describe. (laughs) Well, listen. It is fun. (laughs) (laughs) So soon enough, another doctor decided that there was a better way to do this, and he came up with the manipulator. (laughs) Ooh, is this a vibrator? Is that what a vibrator is? It's the early, like, it's the progenitor of the vibrator. So Uh. the manipulator was a large and cumbersome table with a hole in it. 
in which was placed a vibrating sphere atop which women would sit. Doctors were strongly advised against letting women sit atop the sphere for longer than a few minutes as it could result in, quote, overindulgence. Ah. <laughs> this sounds like what we were talking about on that episode of Cam, on the, t- on the uh, episode where we talked about Cam, where they had the, yeah, the yeah, thing like the and saddle. it vibrated. Yeah, like, the saddle. So, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. It's this big table, and in the middle of it is this like little vibrating ball, and you just sit on the ball. Um, and Rachel, like, do you just cross like do you how like do you do you do you sit like cowgirl style or do not you sure sit, like <laughs> I'm imagining you're cross straddle- legs. I'm like- imagining you're straddling the ball without getting into too many gory details, right? Oh, okay. So I hope they cleaned it. Yeah, afterwards. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so slowly, vibrators began to get smaller and smaller, beginning with a portable version in 1882, which ran on For the a doctor on the go. Yeah. Which ran on a 40-pound battery. Fuck. And involved two separate units. Could you imagine, like, you're a doctor making a house call, and then, like, you know, you've got to pull that fucking... Because you know that's what it was for, right? More than likely. Like, they made the travel size for traveling doctors, I'm pretty sure. More, more. That's what it seems like to me, anyway. And then you just, like, you've got the woman. She's, like, fucking set... She's set up on the fucking kitchen table... Fucking legs open, doctor comes up and just slams his big ass fucking 40 pound fucking car battery on the fucking table with his fucking dildo. And that just seems like a lot. I hope, I hope they were okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these were, um, they were for doctors on the go, but they were largely for uh, treatment at home for hysteria. So this machine was highly recommended by medical professionals um, because manual massages, quote, took a painstaking hour to accomplish, which just sounds like a man, and provided, quote, much less profound results than are easily affected by the vibrator in a short five or ten minutes. Ah. So at least they acknowledged that vibrators were I just love how quicker, we, better. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I just love how we go from like, okay, we've got the doctors, they're doing it. And then they're like, I'm fucking tired of doing this. So then let's create a machine to do it for us. And now. Now we're nervous about now it. Now we're. Now we're yeah. scared to use it. It's like the man has created the monster. Yes. And is now fighting against. Very Frankenstein-esque. <laughs> true. Very true. I never realized just that Just embrace it. Just embrace it. So by the early 1900s, the vibrator had become more portable, more affordable, and to many women's delight, more private. Because obviously, if I have to lug a fucking 40-pound battery <laughs> into the next room, right, and turn that shit on, there ain't no masturbating in secret. You can secret. probably hear it. Right, right. It probably sounds like a fucking, like, leaf blower. Fucking next-door neighbor in the fucking, in the flat over. Um. For sure. I mean, they're <laughs> definitely like, going to know about your hysteria, girl. You ain't going to get no, like, They're having, trying to have tea time. next door, and you just hear, Aah. For sure. You're definitely going to, not going to be able to hide that from your spouse, but... By the early 1900s, they've become much smaller, and so a lot more private. Um, with the advancement of technology, women were able to be elect or houses were able to be electrified, and therefore women could use their vibrators at home. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to go to the doctor's office when they could just remedy their sexual frustrations alone and in the comfort of our own homes. Oh, okay. 
So uh, thankfully, we have kind of moved past the diagnosis of female hysteria at this point. We can all treat our sexual frustrations as much as we like mm -hmm. through the use of many lovely websites such as adamandeve.com. Mm -hmm. Which um, we are not sponsored by. But, we are not. But. But holler hello, at us. Adam and Eve. <laughs> I'll holler at Adam. You can holler at Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, we've left female hysteria uh, in the past for the most part. Um, but it did yield us. I mean, there's a lot to be said about the diagnosis of female hysteria as far as like, there's a lot of murder cases where that plays into mm -hmm. things where people get off on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People get off uh, for crimes on that sort of diagnosis um, or people get discounted as witnesses yeah. on because of that diagnosis. But the one good thing it did do is give us vibrators. Yeah. So out of this... This all of this, <laughs> we have ended with. We have vibrators. Hundred percent. I wanted to end it on a positive note. <laughs> so to all my sisters and brothers, there we go. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was uh, that was interesting. One old timey treatment we don't have to be wary of. Exactly. <laughs> Unless your vibrator has cocaine on it. Yes, none of that. <laughs> Not a good choice. Don't do it. Here's this mercury vibrator. <laughs> no. no. No, no, please no. don't. No. Although so. I bet that was probably a thing back in the oh, day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they mixed and We're just going to use this fucking mercury for as lube. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be really pretty, but very scary. I don't imagine it would be effective because mercury is very, like, slippery. Doesn't, like, evaporate. Yeah, but yeah, slipperiness know. is not definitely not what you want in a lube. But in a different <laughs> kind of slippery, like it's not going to adhere to your fucking. It's not going to make anything lubricated. Mm, I guess. Okay. All right, I'll take. If you're word into for that, it. let us know. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on it. Um. Anyway, but no, we also have. Uh, before we close out the episode, we just have like a little small announcement that we would like to make. We do. So, um. Yours truly will be attending the True Crime Podcast Festival in Chicago, Illinois. In big Chicago, the windy city. Big old windy city, honey. Better hope we don't get blowed away. We go blow away like Dorothy. We that was Kansas. Oz. Dorothy was in I Kansas. I knew that, but it's like... <laughs> I wasn't talking about where. I wasn't talking about the location. <laughs> I was just talking about being blown away because it was a windy city. Yes. So we will be in Don't Chicago. Don't you ever. I'm a gay man. Don't try to fucking educate me on the fucking Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Bitch. Anyway, continue. I think we should take it back. Especially because of the intro you said. So we will be... <laughs> you took the saddest breath. You took the saddest breath. If you're into Mercury as lube, let us know. Yes, definitely do. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. No, keep it to yourself. Maybe so. Podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, you can address it just to me. <laughs> so that's our episode on old-timey cures. But before mm -hmm. we go, we wanted to share a little announcement with you guys. Yes. So yours truly, uh, and when I say that, I mean me and Katie, are going to be in Chicago 
for the True Crime Podcast Festival. In July. Yes. Specifically July 13th. So we will be at the Marriott uh, on Magnificent Mile. I don't know what that is or where that is, but I'm sure I'll learn when we visit the beautiful city of Chicago. I've never been there. Shitty of Chicago. Did I do that? I think you said the shitty of (laughs) Chicago. That's going to be a problem. (laughs) No, Chicago, you're beautiful. We love you. And we will be in you on July 13th. We will be there with a bunch of other really cool true crime podcasts. So it's definitely worth coming out if you're in the Chicago area, if you're near the Chicago area, or if you fancy a little road trip, definitely come out. It's July 13th, and you can get tickets at tcpf2019.com and that's t is in true c is in crime p is in podcast f is in festival 2019.com so it's going to be a really casual event um we'll be walking around um, and just talking with people we'll probably have some merch there um, as well that you can buy and pick up uh and you know we might grab a beer afterwards absolutely or something else because i don't drink beer yeah, maybe cocktail. I have maybe a cocktail. Nice cocktail. I have a cocktail. Maybe. Yeah, so July, look out for that. We'll remind you guys a couple times about it. But definitely get tickets now because I know that they're only selling a certain amount of tickets. And I think as we get closer to the event, the price goes up. Yeah. Up, up. So tcpf2019.com if you're interested in hanging out with us and let us know that you'll be there. Yes. So uh, if you want to plan your trip to Chicago, uh, or if you just want to hang out with a bunch of cool people all the time, you can join our Facebook group, Mm -hmm. uh, search the Haunted Heart Podcast, and that will pull up our group. It is a closed group just for the privacy of our members, but if you request to become a member, uh, our member of our Murder Mod Squad will approve you, and then you can get up in there and see all the Haunted Heart happenings and such. Yeah. Uh, We're also on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We're on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. If you ever want to email us, we're The Haunted Heart Podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Yes. So uh, until next time or until we see you in Chicago, you guys got to stay spooky.